Alright everyone. Google here. Talking actually today is Tuesday, May 5th. It's Cinco de Mayo. Uh Guru, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Wes. How are you? Feels like it feels like an October football morning this morning. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's, it is a nice, cool day in May, and uh, you know, we're, I think we're at a different stage right now in the uh, world of fantasy football uh, with the draft being completed and free agent uh, draft the free agents, uh, you know, being signed. Um, you know, I, I think now. Teams are kind of looking at their rosters, molding them, seeing what they have. And uh, we're kind of going to do these next two days podcast on fantasy impact, uh, the rookie players, how it's going to affect the teams, uh, rookies versus the incumbent players on the existing rosters and, uh, and seeing, uh, you know, and seeing how they mesh together and uh, what that looks like uh, from a fantasy football standpoint. So uh, you're going to definitely do that. Um, You know, tell us also before we actually get into the players, you know, we're on, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. And what we really want is, to get feedback from people. We want to know how you think we're doing, uh, comments that you have, the good, the bad, what you want to hear from. So tell everyone out there what they can do to help themselves get um, the podcast and, uh, and, 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 you know, maybe expand on a little bit what, what we want from them in terms of comments. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing what we're doing here. This has been an enlightening experience and and we're going to keep at it. Um, As was mentioned, Spotify and iTunes, very easy to find if you just go into the search engine search bar uh, in each, each of the websites and, and, and go into that or the apps, if that may be. And we also, if you go in there and subscribe, once we upload a new episode, which today there'll be four new episodes, that will automatically come to you so you don't even have to search for it. It'll come to you in your email if you're signed up for those services. So so we really would appreciate if you guys would subscribe to the service. And again, give us a rating. Uh, we want to hear your feedback. You know, potentially what we're, well, not potentially, what we want to do, especially going into the season and during the season, is have an email set up where we're actually responding to our listeners um, and yeah, exactly. that even means episodes. If there's a certain episode that you guys uh, and gals want to talk about, we're all ears to do so. Yeah, and I think uh, we want to, you know, we're, we're certainly sharing our opinions, strategies, uh, thoughts, rankings, all of the, you know, the stuff that, you know, will, will be helpful to you, but we also you know, equally want to hear from you, want to know what you think, uh, what you enjoyed, uh, you know, and if there's some things that you necessarily didn't enjoy, uh, tell us that as well. We're always striving for improvement. So, uh, and, and we will have an email up where you can just email us questions and thoughts, but for the time being, if you could get on there, subscribe, put a comment, uh, what you liked, um, it'll, it'll be really helpful. So what we're going to do is we're going to take this division by division. Um, and we're going to start today, this morning with the NFC East. And, uh, again, we're going to try and mesh the fantasy impact of what took place at the draft with the existing rosters and uh, see how that relates to the upcoming fantasy football. So since the guru is a 
fan of the New York football giants. Why don't we start right there? So tell us uh, how you think the players drafted uh, is going to affect the upcoming fantasy season and which players in particular. You know, so the giants are at a slight disadvantage in, in that, unfortunately, with the, the effects of the, uh, of the, of the virus um, and its impact on what would be normal OTA and, and preseason uh, activities. So that's the one thing with a new staff, Joe Judge, the new coach, um, with a new de- defensive coordinator. So unfortunately, you can't do some of the things that you normally would want to do. That being said, look, Judge is coming from a, from a strong program. I think Dave Gettleman went into this draft and said, hey, you know, we got Saquon Barkley running the ball and, and hopefully a healthy one this year because he, he certainly was playing uh, with a bum ankle for a majority of last year. And we have a young quarterback who, you know, quite frankly, performed at at a pretty admirable, if you take out the fumbles, I mean, his stats were very, very solid. Uh, and that, and that, goes for, that goes for his per-week production. You know, Daniel Jones was a better producer per week than guys like uh, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Phillip Rivers, David Carr, Garoppolo, Dalton, all of those guys per week for a rookie quarterback. I was very impressed with what he had to do. So I think Gettleman went into this draft and said, hey, we're going to at pick number four. Even though I wanted defense, he said we need a, we need an, an elite lineman, and he picked one of those four elite men, to, uh, elite linemen to start to protect those assets. Yeah, I think when you look at the Giants, some of these guys are kind of like, you know, they're kind of like baked into the cake, like Golden Tate, and I think Golden Tate's just a little bit better of a, you know, uh, than, than Shepard, but they're kind of the same guy. I think people feel that Ingram is somewhere in that 6-10 to 10 range of tight end. The question is he could stay healthy. I think the interesting aspect of the draft as it relates to fantasy with the Giants are Barkley and Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I think Barkley is certainly, you know, in that in that grouping of top five running backs. But he kind of did it with, you know, an offensive line that wasn't great. They added Thomas and Pearl to really show up that offensive line. So I think maybe people have a little bit more confidence with. Barkley, and in terms of Daniel Jones, I think that's the one guy going from year one to year two um, that can make that jump, and 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 improving the offensive line, I believe, will help him more than uh, than anybody else. Is there anything else you wanted to you know, add on to that about any of the Giants, or um, or you know, would we kind of like said where we are with that? So. Without a doubt, I'm going into this season, and I think, you know, we're going to do an episode on sleepers, breakouts, and, and busts, um, but the one guy that I look like uh, look for on this roster who I think has upside potential is Darius Slayton. So it's what they didn't do in this draft. This was a, this was a wide receiver draft. They didn't, they didn't draft one. They actually did sign a, a group of guys uh, that were un, undrafted free agents. But Darius Slayton last year – 48 catches, 750 yards, and eight touchdowns. Some of those were inconsistent. I, he was forced into action a little bit more with the injuries that the Giants had. Um, I think the, on the injury side, I think one thing that we do have to watch for is, is Sterling Shepard has been prone to concussions. And we know the protocol is much more strict in the NFL, so I think that bears watching. But that being said, Darius Slayton was a fifth-round pick last year. He performed very, very well. He had a couple of really strong games. And he is a guy that I will be targeting as a sleeper this season, without a doubt. 
Yeah, I think the advantage that Slayton has actually over the other skilled players, um, at, you know, not including Barkley, the wide receivers, tight ends, is Slayton gotten a lot more work with Daniel Jones. And considering what's going on with the crazy world we're living in right now, uh, I'm not sure like how much work these receivers are getting to, um, you know, get, get on the same page with their quarterbacks uh, on these teams. So I, I think Slayton is a guy that has an advantage over the other receivers. Let's move on to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles who made two curious picks with their first two picks. Um, they took a, a receiver that, you know, a lot of people didn't have ranked that high. Uh, and then with their second round pick, kind of like a controversial pick with Jalen Hurts. So why don't you talk about what the Eagles did uh, with their draft and how that's going to affect the existing roster in terms of fantasy impact this year? Yeah, so certainly they added what they saw as speed in Jalen Rager. And and he also did not have a terrific quarterback throwing him the ball. So, look, I, I, I've listened to interviews post-draft, Howie Roseman and, and Doug Peterson talking. They really like this player. This was a guy they targeted. So they're very, very happy. And we're going we're gonna to trust them at the present time. Uh, you know, I think even though I like Hurts and, and you don't, you know, J, uh, uh, Carson Wentz has missed 14 games in, in his young career. So, they, you know, you need, you need a backup. Last year they were forced to go with, you know, Josh McCown in the playoffs. He ended up getting hurt, and I think this pushes them to a situation. Now, is Hurts going to be ready to come into NFL games and produce if, if, if Wentz goes down? You know, that is definitely a questionable one. And then, you know, taking him with your second pick is an interesting choice. So I think the Eagles wanted to bulk up their receiving core. They were down to a bare cupboard by the end of last season. You know, Greg Ward was forced, you know, he was started his career as a quarterback, but he made the transition to a receiver and actually performed admirably toward the end of the season. They made a trade for Marquise Goodwin. I think guys like Deshaun Jackson and, and Alshon Jeffrey are, are aging and injury prone. So, you know, perhaps this younger contingent is the one that starts to rise up. They did also make a couple of late round picks uh, at the receiver position in, in John Hightower and Kez Watkins. So there's a lot of receivers on this roster that could potentially do, a, do, do quite a lot of damage um, if they get the opportunity. And, and then I'd kind of move into the running back side and what they didn't do, which they didn't draft a running back. They came at the end of the last season, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott were a very effective duo. Uh, in Boston Scott, I, I should mention that no, he was fifth in the NFL in receiving yards for running backs in the last five weeks of last season. He caught 25 balls over that period of time. I, I think they see him as kind of a little like a Sproles weapon. So he's a guy that I think you got to watch out for, especially in PPR leagues. And Miles Sanders has looks like all the potential for him to kind of really take over and be a top 10 running back in the upcoming season. So I like what's going on there. The only other guy they really added was Corey Clement, who they recently signed in free agency. And I'd, I'd say the last thing I would add before asking you to comment on it is they have a very dynamic duo in Ertz and Goddard. And I think we talked about this in one of the episodes in, in, on handcuffing. You know, if Ertz were ever to go down, Goddard's going to do damage alone in this system because they do play a lot of two tight end sets. But boy, he would become a number one tight end very quickly. So, you know, hopefully Wentz can stay healthy. He, 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 this team was successful despite all of its injuries. So I think there is reason for some optimism for the Eagles. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a difference when you're analyzing uh, college players 
and rankings, all that stuff. That's why rankings are so difficult because there's two different things going on. One is ranking a player based on pure ability, which people who are analyzing and looking at who's going to be taken, that's what we're kind of looking at. But teams are not necessarily doing that. Teams are certainly looking at ability, but what teams are more focused on is fit into system. And... You know, with what the Eagles want to do with their West Coast offense and the short passing game, I believe that they're going to have specific packages with Jalen Hurts uh, coming in, running the ball, Boston Scott, as you mentioned, Sanders, kind of having these 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 specific play sets for, you know, for, for Hurts to come in at quarterback. And Rieger, you know, coming in, running jet sweeps, getting in the ball, letting him use his speed. Um, so I, I think in terms of fit, I could see the Rieger pick. Um, as far as Jalen Hurts, you know, the problem is is that Carson Wentz is really susceptible to more injuries, I think, than, than just about any other quarterback because he tries to make some of these spectacular plays. He's not, he, he needs to understand that you need sometimes to live to fight another play, and he tries to make these plays, and he takes some of the most ferocious hits. If he gets hurt early, uh, Jalen Hurts is not ready to come in and play quarterback. Jalen Hurts is going to need to sit and watch and understand the position for at least a year, possibly two. But I'm sure they have packages, and they're going to use him in different you know positions and 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 uh, and and even you know get him the ball uh, in in certain scenarios. Just one last thing before we move on to the Redskins is that you know I, I've heard people compare you know well Jalen Hurts is going to be the Taysom Hill role, but here's the difference: Taysom Hill was an undrafted free agent that the Packers ended up releasing and the Saints signed. So the the equity to get that player is much different than getting a using a second round pick which they did on Jalen Hurts. So unfortunately you may want to compare them and on, on, on things they're capable of doing but when you use a second round equity to draft a player, he, he's got to contribute in a much more prominent way early uh, than, than, than an undrafted drafted free agent because uh you know you have kind of drafted a player at a position where you feel you have a really good player so it'll be interesting what they do uh and i guess we'll, we'll just move on to the redskins who uh didn't have a lot of picks didn't have a lot of early picks um you know they took chase young with their first pick that was defense but as far as Offensive goes, they have some interesting young receivers, and they took the Antonio boys with their uh, two of their picks. So why don't you tell us about uh, the fantasy impact of the rookies and some of the existing players and uh, how you feel that's going to uh, come across this year as far as uh, the Redskins go. So this is a new, this is a new uh, management scheme here where Ron Rivera is uh, running the show now. So, uh, you know, obviously he's walking into a situation where he's got a quarterback that was drafted last year in Haskins, very inconsistent in his rookie year. He brought Kyle Allen uh, over from Carolina. I know there's still some rumblings about the potential of bringing a guy like Cam Newton in, but we know his injury can't be looked at. But I would think Rivera has no better knowledge than anybody else uh, about about that player. So, you know, I think what's interesting here, you know, there's two players who we looked at that were drafted. You know, I, we had kind of spoken about them a little bit in our pre-draft stuff. So, 
Antonio Gibson, um, who's from who's from Memphis, uh, you know, really a big play guy in college. Uh, you know, he's going to probably play the running back position in the NFL. You know, they do have Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson still there. You know, Geis, I think, is an interesting guy to watch in that he, you know, averaged almost six yards a carry last year. The player does have to stay on the field after missing his, his entire rookie season. And, uh, you know, Gibson is probably going to be utilized in some unique ways. You know, the, the Rivera certainly had an interesting player in, in Christian McCaffrey, who's become the elite running back of all of fantasy. And I'm not for one second uh, suggesting that Antonio Gibson turns to anything remotely like that. But, you know, I think in terms of dynamism in the offense, I think he's going to definitely play a part in that. And I think we have to watch to see how that plays out early in the season. And I think, you know, one thing that the Redskins did do well last year, they really got a steal in the late rounds in Terry McLaurin, you know, with three different quarterbacks. He, and he was hurt at the end of the year. He nearly got to 1,000 yards. He was, he was a very, very productive player in his first year in the NFL. I know a guy that I had at the end of the last season I had picked up, and, and I think they do like the player, and Steven Sims, who, who will probably man the slot for them. And I think the more interesting guy that they drafted was a big kid out of Liberty, and that was Antonio Gandy-Golden. And I think he could add a real dimension, especially around the goal line. He's a big frame, so I think that will be interesting. And I think the one other comment I'm going to make about the Redskins is the Redskins already had a pretty decent pass rush, and now they're going to add Chase Young to this. So this is the defense that if their offensive can improve and control the ball a little bit more, this defense could actually wreak some havoc. So I think that's one thing that I'm going to be looking at. It's probably a defense that won't be rated very high coming into the season, but they have a couple of playmakers already on the roster, and you add Chase Young to it, it could make for an interesting D um, you know, as a backup D. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to really focus on the Antonio boys, uh, Gibson and Gandy Golden. They, they, you know, they used the earlier pick on Gibson, and he's a, a dynamic player, uh, but but by the pick, I'm not sure what the thought process is. It's one of two things. Are you want to use him as a gadget player, and you like guys still to be your, your workhorse guy? That's interesting. Or are you not as high on Geis? Are you concerned about him, his health? And you see Gibson having more a prominent role at running back. I, I, I like the player. I think he could do a lot of things. I'm going to be interested to see how they use him. I'm not sure what the path for playing time is with him. And when you take a player with your second round pick and you're not quite sure about the path, that's always a little concerning. I think Antonio Gandy Golden will get in there and contribute immediately being a big, tall receiver can work well in the red zone and, 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 and really be a compliment to uh, McLaurin and Sims um, and, and, and the other skill players they had of at wide receivers. So I kind of like the fourth round pick better than the second round pick, but Gibson's an interesting player. I'm just not sure in what the way they're going to use him. I think we'll see early on um, by how they use him, gadget play, or if they've lost confidence in Geis. Um, and that moves us to the last team in the division we're going to talk about this morning, the Dallas Cowboys. And I think they had an interesting draft. I think they probably did uh, hundreds and hundreds of mock drafts, and probably none of them had them taking C.D. Lamb. So um, they probably were waiting and thinking about which – safety or defensive player they're going to choose and then lo and behold cd lamb is available uh a player that i think 
Uh, a lot of people looking at it, including me, have to had at the very, very top of the wide receiver draft board. So talk about uh, C.D. Lamb, what else the Cowboys did, and uh, the fantasy impact uh, uh, that the Cowboys uh, are going to have this year. So this was an elite offensive team last year. I think many of us watched this team over the last few years and said, you know, they're their results should have been a lot better. And I think there was a lot of questioning. You know, the Joneses put a lot of faith in their relationship with Jason Garrett, who's now the offensive coordinator with the Giants. Um, But, you know, the fact is this team did not win enough. Uh, And they were in a position where they had a quarterback and they had a running back for the majority of the last few years who were playing on really small contracts. So this was the opportunity for the Cowboys to really, you know, pounce on an opportunity in the NFC, and they really didn't capitalize that. That being said... This is a great offensive team, and it probably got a little bit better. So they last year they ranked number one in the NFL in yards per attempt. I know you really like Dak Prescott as a, as a fantasy quarterback last year, and he proved that he was a top-five guy, um, and he should be a top-five guy again this year. And obviously a strong offensive line and uh, Zeke Elliott as a running back, what's not to like? So, And Elliott has been very consistent in the last two years in terms of number of touches and his production, and I don't see that changing at all. Pollard is a nice little set up, a nice little option behind him, and I like that. So Randall Cobb was, was their third receiver last year, and you always look at opportunity cost when, when a situation changes. So as you said, Lamb available, they take the player, Last year, Cobb had 53 catches, 828 yards, three touchdowns, 83 targets. So there is food to go around for C.D. Lamb, no question about it. Uh, I think the more interesting story on this team will be what happens at tight end. Jason Witten is gone. Blake Jarwin is there. They also brought in a kid that you had talked about, a big giant from the Kansas City Chiefs, Blake Bell. He actually scored a touchdown in, in, in the playoffs. So I think that tight end situation, which tight end has always been um, a place where the Cowboys have utilized, it's one to watch as well. And the last thing I would say is Greg Zerline is now the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. Elite offense, big leg, now kicking indoors for at least eight of his games. He's a guy that's got to be looked at in your incoming fantasy draft in 2020. Wow, look at you getting into kickers. Wow, that's fantastic. Into the weeds. You love those kickers. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Zerline certainly is in, a, is certainly in an ideal situation. Uh, absolutely. I think the big winner of this draft has got to be Dak Prescott. Uh, just another weapon. Their team is young, athletic, um, all over the board on offense. Uh, you know, I think the Cowboys' offense is going to be just, you know, while all of them are going to be good, you're not quite sure, you know, which week is going to be CeeDee Lamb week, which is going to be Amari Cooper week, is it going to be Gallup week, uh, which is the week that they're just going to feed the ball to uh, Elliott over and over again. So the offense will certainly be uh, powerful uh, and potent. Uh, it, it just could be that they're all good and trying to figure out which guy is going to have that week. Uh, it may be a little tough to decipher, but certainly uh, the Cowboys' offense is 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 ready to roll. And uh, yeah, that puts that puts a wrap on it. Great job! And uh, can I just add one thing? Uh, uh, I just want to add one the, thing, uh, Wiz. One thing before we finish out on the Cowboys, and that's um, their coach, right? So Mike McCarthy comes in. He's won a Super Bowl title. Um, he's, he did an incredible amount of film work coming in, 
coming into his preparation for be, becoming a coach this year, hopefully somewhere, and ended up being in the Cowboys. So I think his preparation is fantastic. And it's interesting, when you look at where the Green Bay Packers had weapons, I'm talking about a receiving core that, you know, with, with Greg Jennings on or Jordy Nelson and Cobb when they were at their peak, Green Bay ranked in the top three to five offenses in the NFL. So I don't expect them to, to, to lose a beat. And then the one other thing I should add is, you know, they drafted Tyler Biadish from, from Wisconsin. They lost their starting um, center in, in Travis Frederick. So I think that's for, for a line that's very strong, it's going to be important to see where that turns out. Whether, whether Biadish plays guard or center, that remains to be seen. But an offensive line is an integral part of the team. So sorry to have interrupted, but I did forget to mention no, no, Mike no, no, McCarthy. Not at all. That's a good point. I, you know, I, I, you're, you're not going to be able to replace Frederick with, with a – you know, he, he's not one of those guys that you could just say, okay, we draft a guy or put a guy in his place. That's going to be one spot that surely is missed. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting, this whole dynamic of, of McCarthy coffee not being able to you know be around the team with a new coach i'm not sure uh what element that is going to bring but certainly uh the cowboys have a tremendous amount of talent all over the board on offense and uh as it relates to fantasy football it's going to be uh interesting to see which guys emerge on a on a week-to-week basis so uh yeah i mean we're we're certainly going to get into a lot more about all of these teams, all of these individual players as it gets closer. Uh, yeah, so excellent. And, uh, you know, we're going uh, to wrap this up, and, uh, and, and we're going to come back with the NFC North, including my beloved Minnesota Vikings. So oh, job, baby. You know, <laughs> see you guys soon. All right, great, Wiz. Thanks. Thanks.